live from the Pathway Studios in Johnston proper. You are live from the path. Listening to live from the path, we're coming from the uh, Pathway Studios here in Johnston proper. It's gonna be with you tonight, Mike Boost. You know, oh hey Mike, how's it going? I'm Dan. <laughs> uh, hey, here's the deal. I always say that it's good to be with you. I don't know that you might be mixed and dicey company, and so I apologize for inferring that you may be a better person than you are. Uh, that was not meant to affirm uh, any poor lifestyle choices that you may have made. Please don't use that throughout the week in your relationships or job or whatever it is. Uh, I just, I'm just saying, don't blame that on me. This is the internet. It's not my fault. My name is Ben Foost. Really opening up on a positive <laughs> note there, I Ben. Just, here's the thing. It occurs to me that I might be affirming someone. Uh, and, you know, when people are, are, are uh, uh, you know, maybe they make bad decisions, and I don't want them thinking that I'm supportive. <laughs> if anyone literally takes your statement as an affirmation of their bad behaviors, I don't think you telling them that that's not what you're doing will have any effect on that thought Yes, process. but my conscience is clear about it. Ah, okay, I'm not going to wake right, up so in that a sweat. It was for you mainly. Okay, got it. Yeah, I mean, my whole life generally serves me. That's <laughs> the nature of it. I like to look good. Here's what we got going on the show tonight. So two two things, three things and some advice, and we're going to call this a day. Uh, first of all, so <laughs> there's, a, there's a kerfuffle today about Chick-fil-A. Oh. oh. Somebody posted, but had yeah. there was no, there was nothing to it. It was completely, yeah. like, Here's it was deal. vague posted. I'll, okay, we're going we're gonna to talk about it. Yeah, they're like not going to support Salvation Army anymore, and and what? and and what? Uh, what? Anything that's affirming to yeah. LGBTQ. Well, so here we're going to. They're not affirming. They we're going to read. No longer support them. Uh, we're going to read the the what they said uh, because I I was actually and I kind of thought this was going on like what they said is not the same thing as what I read uh, or the implication of it. Oh, no, okay. so wait, what they said isn't what they said. What they uh, wait, no, no, yeah, you so mean what people are saying in the comments? Correct. Yeah, yeah, the, yeah. The implication of what it is. And ah, so, gotcha. um, I, we're, we're going to touch on that, and then uh, we're going to talk about. So, I didn't get to this last week. Um, I, I'm just going to hit a few of these, but there was a, like I said, there was an article from uh, Jake Meter about 15 from um, uh, Mirror Orthodoxy about 15 proposals for church renewal. And so, I just wanted to touch on a few of these just to talk through and say, hey, what, what do we think? <laughs> is there is there value in this thing? Now, I, the, the premise of it isn't. Do do these, or you're a terrible church, or you're a sinner, or whatever. I think it's just like if you're trying a church renewal, um, if you tried these types of things, do we feel like they're actually helpful in renewing oh, yeah. uh, a church? Uh, they they bend liturgical, um, and, and I, again, I, I'm not. Oh. Yes, very much that. Um, but anyway, we'll, so we'll hit a few of those, and then if we get through them, great. If we don't, uh, we'll move on. We'll maybe pick some up next week. Um, it's very possible the Pope is around. I'll check on that and see if I can confirm, and then we'll do some uh, advice on life from the dear life from the path, and that's uh, and that's what we'll get done. Uh, so here's the deal. So here's so the the this from Chick Fil A. Um, the the basic report was uh, Chick Fil A came out and said, "Hey, we're going to uh, we're going to change our." Uh, donation strategy and there were a couple aspects of it one they said they're not going to do multi-year commitments for donations for corporate giving okay. um so they got they had in over the past few years like they've been involved in uh multi-year agreements 
with with uh, different charities, and they say, look, we're not going to do that anymore. Give us a little bit more flexibility to change where our dollars go year over year. Yeah. Um, and they said th- they're also going to change what they focus on. Um, they're going to be specifically about – hold on. I can quote them um, – uh, Working exclusively in the areas of education, homelessness, and hunger. Right. So yeah, okay. basically an attempt to, to refine where their money's going. Yeah. Um, now, this happens to come at a time um, of which Chick-fil-A is under fire from external groups for, in the past, giving to, say, the Fellowship of Christian Athletes and the Salvation Army, uh-huh. uh, both who, uh, organizations who have been accused of having anti-LGBT stances. Um, actually, there was a there was a big deal about uh, the Salvation Army uh, and its association with I think the Dallas Cowboys. There was like a, a the Thursday night game or something where somebody was supposed to sing the halftime show, and they said, "Look, uh, great, I'm I'm glad to work." Th- th- this this singer went out and interacted with the Salvation Army, uh, volunteered, everything was great, and then a bunch of supporters on Twitter were like, "Hey, did you know they're anti LGBT?" Uh, and then she like said, "Well, I need them to uh, unless they renounce that and make a donation to some cause or whatever, I'm not going to sing the national anthem." Yeah, um, that ended up falling apart because uh, the Salvation Army, Claire, uh, like came back, and th- th- that's not their stance. The Salvation Army is a um, is a Christian organization. What's well, uh, a church? Uh, right, yeah. and they and they, um, but like they're not. It's not like they're not serving anybody. They're actually create um, safe places for for transgender folks, mm-hmm. or folks who identify as that. Um, but because here's the deal: that they're they're serving at risk populations. Their aim is to is to provide food, clothing, shelter. Help with homelessness, job training, and stuff for people in need. Yeah, it is. It is um, over. Well, not overwhelmingly, but like that bends to um, minority esque groups. So w- whether it be along uh, racial lines or sexual orientation identification or something like that, like those folks end up needing those services, and the and the Salvation Army provides them. And so mm-hmm. like it, it basically was un it's unjustified right. the accusation against the Salvation Army. And so they they actually got that they they. They said, look, this is how we do it. And uh, the singer, I think, capitulated uh, and did the thing. It, anyway, so what I saw, what I saw on Facebook and in the news and stuff was uh, Chick-fil-A bows to LGBT pressure, uh, ceases giving to Christian organizations. Yeah, yeah. And everybody's, everybody's posting it right now. So yeah. I remember thinking, I think I'm going to wait. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> so... Um, what I thought would be valuable, and I, there's, there's, I think, a broad point to this, um, but what, basically what they said was, um, we, again, we're going to give to a smaller number of organizations. We're going to focus exclusively on education, homelessness, and hunger, which, in effect, eliminates the Fellowship of Christian Athletes uh, because they don't focus on that. Um, and they, uh, they did stop giving to um, the Salvation Army. Now, to clarify... They, they just posted what they gave in 2018. They put it on their website. They say, look, here's all the organization we give to so that you can go look. They gave like $115,000, and it was specifically to um, – hold on. Uh, shoot, I lost the lost – the, where was it? Hold on, hold on, hold on. Um, $115,000 to Salvation Army? Yeah, it yeah. was to the Salvation Army. But, like, it wasn't anything um, – like, it wasn't anything for – I don't know, something that you might say, oh, well, that's a Christian cause or something. It was like a specific, uh, like, sleep out or something. Like, one event in one city that they gave $115,000 that was associated with the Salvation Army. It's not like they give millions to the Salvation Army as an organization across the board or that they under undergird its charitable giving somewhere. Like, it was one event to one thing. So, the, the point being, could you see what they've announced as an attempt to dodge 
people's criticism of them supporting other, what otherwise might be Christian organizations. If you make an argument on timing, uh, they've had this problem for years. Like people have been, been harassing Chick-fil-A forever and protesting and causing them right. to have to leave places, and they've not done this. Mm-hmm. And so can you make the case that maybe that it's just too much and they're trying to avoid that? I, maybe. That, of course, they're not going to come out and say that. Yeah. It's, it's possible that that's the case. Um, I think it's probably too far to look at them and go, hey, they're, they're, they're capitulating on their core values. Uh, that's what the problem is. And yeah. so we hate Chick-fil-A. It could be very well they were sitting in the meeting thinking, hey, we should streamline things and make it easier. And so we have actually some parameters. So when people come to us, we yes. can say, well, does it fit in this category? Rather than a free-for-all. That's right. I, I, years ago, I sat at the table, a small lunch table with about 10 guys of one of the founders of Chick-fil-A. We were planting churches, and they were all looking for money. Yeah. I mean, we, you, you know, I, I don't know who they helped or if they <laughs> did anybody. You, you know, I'm just saying right. them, they get offers all day long I'm sure. from people who wanting money. So, so, yeah, it's probably good to have, oh, here's who we do. This is what we do. Yeah. Right. Does it fall in this category? Yeah. Uh, your new church doesn't. Sorry. Sorry. It's not. Right. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it doesn't we're mean we hate that. Jesus. Exactly. Uh, and, and so here's the thing. You also don't, like a, a company, they're, they're a large company, right? Third, third, third biggest uh, chain, fast food chain in the United States. Okay? They, they don't just come up with a new giving strategy in the last two weeks because they had problems with a London opening a Chick-fil-A. Yeah. Or there was someone who was protesting a Chick-fil-A food truck in Washington. Like, they don't just go, oh, well, we better change our directive now. Like, that isn't how it works. And so, like, this is, this is something that would have been in work for a long time. Now, if I'm them... Does it make my life slightly easier to not have to deal with people protesting because I gave to one event for the Salvation Army that isn't, like, directly associated with anything related to sexual identification? Yeah, it might. Is this, is it, like, is it a hill to die on? Like, do, I don't, here's, I guess here's the thing. I don't blame them. If they were to say, look, if, if 115 grand from Salvation Army, from our corporate giving structure, like, if, if the Cathy's still want to give to Salvation Army, yeah. they will. Yeah. They right. probably are. Right. <laughs> Well, and here's the thing, too. Who says they have to give to anybody? Oh, yeah. I mean, <laughs> right? Like, it actually kind of drives me crazy. All these corporations give all this money away. How, how about you pour that back in the business and charge me less? Yeah, yeah, right. I mean, we're all happy. <laughs> Everybody <laughs> Buy a new better. fryer, charge me a dime less. <laughs> Everybody's good. Yeah, yeah. So, 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 I, so here's, here's, I guess, what I – and I saw it from people where, like, I was kind of surprised. I, like, I know a, quite a few uh, extreme people on either end of a, a political spectrum, even on a Christian, liberal, uh, uh, like a more progressive Christianity or a more fundamentalist. Uh, again, broad spectrum. And I know quite a few people, like mid-ground, reasonable people. And, like, I mean, to the man, they were pissed about this. Yeah. And yeah. I thought, ah, you know, I don't Yeah, I thought I, thought I, I did see a read, a, read a quote in something somebody posted of one of the higher-ups at Chick-fil-A saying that they need to be, as they expand into other areas we need to be conscious of the people who live there which would sound like they're caving a little bit so so i saw i wonder if they that that so that would have been i guess from a had it been a separate article than their press release yeah yeah it's probably some interviewers i i can't remember it was just something during the day i breezed by and thought hmm well hmm. yeah so they said uh because i think the the general gist of it was uh, uh, this allows a consistency because, like, the places that they're giving, homelessness, education, and hunger, are things that are going to exist everywhere they go, yeah. wherever they open one, right? So they're not getting into niche, and they're like broad organizations, Covenant House International. Covenant House? You tell me that's not a Christian charity. <laughs> um, junior Achievement isn't, but, like, that's broad education 
and uh, they donate to local food banks, which almost always were started by Christians or are currently being maintained by one. Like, that's yeah. being shifted to states, but, like, all of them were started by churches. Well, and either way, Jesus did say, I was hungry and you fed me. That sounds like a Christian principle. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I just, you know, I, you, you, here's you're overreacting is what I'm telling you. If you're the person, if you got to the extent that you posted about it because you're hosed off about what's going on, like, you're overreacting. And actually, they clarified, one, we are not restricting. Our policy um, does not restrict us giving to faith organizations. We are not changing that. We intend to continue to give to both faith and non-faith-based organizations. Uh, and by the way, we're still closed on Sunday. The thing that people are like, <laughs> it's all, all their principles are soaked with it. Their training is soaked with it. They're still closed on Sundays. I like you're over. You're going to you're going to beat up. You're going to beat up your pastor because he took in an episode of Dateline that talked about some kind of story that you found offensive. Like yeah. it's, it's that kind of thing. You're yeah. overreacting. Right. I'm still going to Chick-fil-A. They're delicious. And I, here's the deal. I expect them to forgive me fast food, and that's, that's really the, of my expectations. Anything past that, like I'm glad to support a good company who uh, treats their employees well, whose employees treat everybody else well. Like I like them because they're just a good company. I, mm -hmm. think they, I think they run a good business. Yeah. Uh, I'm glad they are helping fight hunger. I'm glad they're helping fight homelessness and education uh, and provide education support. Those are all things that otherwise the church has uh, been a part of, and the fact that they're funding them makes me happy. Past that, like here's the deal. If you didn't want um, – if you're fighting your culture wars through your support of Chick-fil-A, you suck. Yeah. I, that, I guess that, that's the broad premise. Like, hit the streets or whatever, buddy. I, if, if, you're, if your means of trying to influence the culture is your social media presence on whether you support Chick-fil-A's giving habits, I, it's time to st step up to the box. Here, here's the deal, though. You know what's happening tomorrow? The Hobby Lobby people are getting together and are saying, we're going to start selling chicken. We're moving in. <laughs> we're moving in. <laughs> Uh, all right, that's it. That's it. But Boova, does that shift your stance on Chick-fil-A? Uh, no, I, I have a terrible stance on all fast food. I, oh. I stay away from the That's entirely. true. That's a good that's They a have good salad. Call. Okay. E even salads. They're, they're plate. They're, yeah. Yes. They are I'm, nice. <laughs> I, I have no stance for or against the politeness of Chick-fil-A. Yes. Uh, but salads are usually one of the most calorie-rich items on the cakes. Yeah, 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 fair enough. Okay. <laughs> All right, so let's talk about these proposals. for. Oh, by the way, uh, at me, bro, you don't like that. Hit us up on the complaint line, 515-517-0085. Uh, you think Chick-fil-A has really bit the dust, and you're totally hosed off it, and you find it totally justified to spend your time on it? Let me know, 515-517-0085. That's the Please, please leave a code for a free chicken sandwich. Yeah, that's yeah right. Right. at me, bro. <laughs> what? Hey, whatever, did, you're, you're not cool. Did you just try and start a Twitter war over a phone number? I mean, I don't even. You use can't them. at someone on a phone number. Uh, no, but they can. They can. You're hit, a champion. They Let's can hear hit about us up on the things. Twitter. They can hit us up on the Twitter handle. Do we have a Twitter? Oh yeah. I'm out live from the path. Yeah. Yeah. Cool beans. I mean, I don't use at it. me, bro. Because the only thing that goes on on Twitter are, are arguments like this. <laughs> so I largely stay off. <laughs> Let's of it. hear it. Okay. So here we go. Um, again, I, so this is this was um, from uh, Jake Meter. I love. I like this guy. Um, he's from. Uh, he runs a blog called Mere Orthodoxy and. Uh, here's here's the concept. He said um, the, this post is inspired by a list by that someone else had posted on Twitter, um, and he says this is just the most. Ex uh, here are my 15 proposals for ecclesial reform in the American church. This is just the most extreme idealistic vision I can come up with. The point is not if churches aren't like this, they're bad, or you should not be happy if your churches not do these things. 
Churches are imperfect, as my mom is fond of saying, if you ever found the perfect church, it would cease to be perfect when you joined it. There's a great good in learning to love the people you are stuck with, and that applies to churches too. Um, uh, but also, it's instead as a conversation starter for talking about the practices and habits that churches could take up in the spirit of being both an effective evangelistic witness and a place where spiritual formation is taken seriously. Uh, I suppose you could call it a Benedict Option starter set. Um, we talked about that a long time ago. Uh, I, I won't rehash it. It doesn't particularly matter for the context. Um, okay, ready? Here we go. Ready? Yep. Yes. Okay. Let's One. Are we doing thumbs up, thumbs down? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Thumbs up, thumbs down, and then kind of uh, detailed if you have a, a extended reaction. One, weekly communion with the congregants forming lines and coming forward to take the bread and eat and then drink from a common cup. There should also be elders on either wing of the space to pray with children not yet confirmed and anyone else present who desires prayer. And then additional detail, making the elders available for prayers of practice. I first saw it at a PCA church in Fremont, and it always struck me as a beautiful element to include as part of the celebration of the Lord's Supper. The children in that church will grow up knowing the elders, and their primary interaction then will be the elder praying for them. And that's beautiful. Huh. I'm not sure I'm sunk on the common cup. Yeah, I don't right. Um, that's kind of icky. Yeah. Yeah. I'm in the middle. I can't go up or down because there's parts I like and parts I like. Yeah, I was going like, to say, like, there's a lot to that. That's fair. Yeah. That's fair. Was, I like elders was, praying. We have. We yeah, that's that. cool. Yeah. We, we do communion every week. We, yep, right on. Uh, we right. don't necessarily say, hey, come pray with us because well, you can't take communion. Uh, right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You, uh, the, yeah. And the confirmation. Yeah. That's thing. the. Yeah. I think that's the. If he. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I love the concept of like the, the elders praying for kids and everyone, not just kids, but. Uh, yep. Um, yeah, I dig on that part. I, yeah, again, Common Cup, I'm not super oral. Yeah, uh, so I, I, th- I think one of the, the interesting, like if you get at the, the holistic structure here, is not seeing communion as an isolated thing. I think that's ultimately what Common Cup is trying to protect in some way or another. Yeah. As a, as a, it's, a communal, it's a communal thing, mm-hmm. um, and seeing it that way. I think there's other ways to do that. But right. like, I think the principle of... Of of saying we we as a church body are gathering in this way, not uh, Ted feel real, real bad for your sins and deal with your personal business in that corner. Uh, so I, I think that's certainly worth protecting. I, I just don't know if the common cup is necessary, but generally speaking, uh, I'm w- I'm with him on the principle. Yeah. Okay, I'll go with it. Two morning and e- ooh, ooh morning and evening services on Sunday. Morning for lectio continua and the evening for catechism and congregational prayer. He said, this isn't about trying to program people to death. It's about trying to establish healthy practices of Sabbath that help to orient people toward their ultimate end as human beings. It's also a recognition of the fact that the Christian faith is good and life-giving, but also that it points complex, is at points complex, and our churches need time to properly catechize people, time which many of them do not have at present. The evening service shouldn't be overly complex. Get a pianist or guitarist, sing a few hymns, read a few questions and answers from the Heidelberg Catechism or Westminster Larger Catechism. Pray together for your city, government, neighborhood. If possible, you could have a potluck dinner prior to the service and aim to be done by 7 so that young families can get home and get kids to bed. OPC and CRC churches often still have evening services, and I think they can be done in ways that are life-giving to congregants on an individual basis and good for the church as a whole. I didn't understand three-quarters of that. Fair enough. I'm going to be blatantly honest. Edu- educate. Ed- educate, disciple, get, have to get together, gather. Yep. Thanks to catechism. Yep. So, I mean, Dan, let me ask you this. So you don't do a Sunday evening service. Is that because... People won't come. Yeah, yeah. But you like if we you thought to, people would come, day, you'd do it. Yeah, back in the day, we did Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, mm-hmm. and then it slowly went to Sunday morning, <laughs> twice a month. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> it was uh, so. 
Uh, maybe that's why people are leaving their wives. Yeah, um, right. You know? <laughs> so yeah. I don't disagree with the guy. I, I wouldn't be as legalistic to say it should be Sunday night and this is what you do. Yep. But, but I like the life-giving thing. If it's something that people find value in. I, at first, I was going to get excited. I thought he was going to say every morning and every night, kind of like the first century people. Be cool. And I thought, yes. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm to make it that. an institutionalized program, then it's like all of a sudden it loses Catechism something. daily. So, I don't know what that means. So what's, what's interesting is I think there's – there's um, there, and you'll you see this in, in um, some of the older Protestant denominations um, and certainly in Catholicism. I think there – again, there's an attempt to protect – that people have a holistic understanding of their, of their faith, which here's the thing I very much sympathize with mm-hmm. because I think it, it, is, it is something that we are missing. However, like, uh, I, I'm trying to make sure that I'm not, um, not trying to seek a middle ground just for the sense of not wanting to get in the middle of an argument, but like, I feel like in general you want to protect that people actually understand what they're following that like we've got a holistic understanding of their faith and what Jesus came to do and what that means for your life. Nice discipleship. It's, right, it's what it is, yeah. is to be without otherwise um, focusing too much on on, uh, on on only trying to instill head knowledge. This is where like talking about it as a discipleship yeah. format like rightly portrays what you know is invaluable unless it translates to what you do. And to that extent, um, I don't know that so that that every Sunday night is what does this, ex- except for the prayer part. I'm super excited about the prayer part and the community part, yeah. and, and maybe if it's a part where we encourage each other, get energized for the work that's going to happen during the month, I'm all for that. Um, so I'm not so much hung up on the catechism, although like I very much agree um, we run the risk of people not getting a holistic understanding of what they're doing, because we, we, we did kind of discard formality around catechism type stuff yeah I, I, there's, there's, but I think there's a different way to go about it that ultimately attains the same aim aim mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. okay yeah so I'm, I'm, a, I'm a so far I'm all these I'm like middle yeah. middle middle thumb yeah uh, yeah parts I like and part I'm like eh. so concept and generally would it be right to say concept no. good uh, yes. the na- exact nature of the method or the practice yeah yeah, yeah, yeah execution's yeah. weird yep I don't see, I, I'm not even sure that I find it weird I, it's just different I don't know if I do it but to the extent, here's the thing: there, are, there are some. There is a generational thing in here where, because of everything else around you is loose, there are people like they're, they they want liturgy, they want things to grab onto. And here's the thing: is your your first century church had that? In fact, the Jews had that. Like these are people who are memorizing scripture. Like mm-hmm. what we would call excessive liturgy is part of their normal. They just memorize scripture. They had it to reach to, and not not helping people create a bag like a foundational bag of stuff. To be reminded of, I think is 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 a miss without otherwise drilling it into them like a, like their math facts. I think that's there's a spirit yeah, of yeah. it that you run the risk. And of. I, I would focus on actual scripture as opposed to like this is our particular church denomination yes. history. Yeah, like, exactly. You know, yep. I don't I don't care when John Doe in fourteen and <laughs> said something. You right. Know, it's like I want to know what Jesus said about. Yes. You know, so yeah. that's, that's, that'd be my tweak. So, so if, we, if we can just say, when we say catechism, we mean Bible? Yeah. We're good. I'm good. We're good. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, ooh, ooh. Three, weekly corporate confession of sin and assurance of pardon as part of the morning service. Oh, part of the morning service. says, this is a common practice in all the PCA churches I've been part of. A PCA, what's that? Presbyterian. Oh, okay. okay. Presbyterian Churches of America, I believe. Oh, they don't have time for that kind of confession. I know Presbyterians. <laughs> Hold on, let me do it. 
We wait. I don't understand this one either. Weekly corporate confession of sin. What does that mean? Yeah. Well, last week I uh, lusted at uh, Martha over there. By corporate, the do they mean like in front of everybody? I think so. Yeah, Pres- yeah Presbyterian Church in America. Yeah. So I wonder. Uh, yeah. Like, do we mean? I know. So then we know some Presbyterian. Let's check on this one. I'm kind of interested in what they how this expresses itself if people are doing it. But like, um. Is there confession time? Like some of, some of the old school churches used to have prayer time. Hey, share prayer requests. And this is uh, share your sin. Hey, everyone. How have you sinned this week? Now, so now hold on. Let me ask you this question, Buva. Um, is, it, is this a vital part of Christian life, the confession of sin? Yes. Then what makes it inappropriate for a communal gathering? I, I like the smaller intimate group. Like, like the, the old LTG model is, is there, there's a, two guys you can tell anything to. Yep. But I'm not going to, there's some level of stuff I won't say to the whole crowd in general. Uh, yeah, they, I, they fair. don't know me well enough to. Yep. Yeah, I process. also don't trust the, the, the concept of telling possibly 60, 100, 200 people my sin yeah. and then them needing to know that from the perspective of them actually trying to help me out with my life and my walk. Yeah. Because, like, I can understand, I, I'm not against it from the perspective of, like, oh, no, I don't want people to know my sin. That's, I don't, but, like, that's, that's not the problem for me. It's just the thought process of, like, what kind of accountability are you driving? What kind of relationships are you developing with the 200 people you just told that, hey, I have a gambling problem? Because or, that's hey, how I'm they having issues. you now. Yeah, yeah. like, it, it's human nature to cause bias with that, and yeah. I, I think that that's going to happen. And I think that that's going to make people less likely to share realistically well, and how things are really going to go. Well, so I think, I think you might misunderstand what he's calling for, too. I, I don't believe it is, like, uh, individual-specific. Okay. It is the notion of, and th- this is where it gets liturgical, like, mm. for, for example, um, here's an example of, uh, when they, uh, we use the word confession differently. We think confess, like, I confess my pers- personal sin um, yeah. liturgical backgrounds, a confession is like a, a specific a, thing. A doctrinal statement. Yeah, like, for example, here, so I'll read the, just a little bit of this. Um, one of the confession examples is, to enrich me will not diminish your fullness. All your loving kindness is in your son. I bring him to you in the arms of faith. I urge his saving name as the one who died for me. I plead his blood to pay for my debts of wrong, accept his unworthiness for my unworthiness, his sinlessness for my transgression, his purity for my uncleanness, his sincerity for my guile, his truth for my deceits, his meekness for my pride, blah, 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 blah. And it goes on. So um, so it's just a confession that we are all sinners corporately, it is and a, we need yes. salvation, or we need forgiveness. It is a reminder of that. Now, here's yeah. the thing. I ulti- I, like, uh, it is perhaps in me to, to uh, never deny that, but like, how, much of, how much time do I finish? Uh, this goes back to a Calvinist thing. <laughs> like, how much do I finish identifying with that? However... Uh, it does allow for arrogance when we are not constantly reminding ourselves that we are this. <laughs> right, right, right. And so, so again, I think I'm going to agree in principle here, um, and maybe expressing in a slightly different way. But I suppose it's a reminder to say this is this is a, this is an element to the extent of which we are not if we are not willing and reminded of this, it does have lo- cause the op- opportunity that you lose your center a bit. Maybe if they were like. 52 different little sayings because like the first time you're like yeah you're thinking you're thoughtful you're like okay yep yep that's true 
But if it's every week the same little couple paragraphs and you check out. This is the same reason people give for not doing communion weekly. Is that same justification? Yeah, but I'm, just, I'm saying do this. Do it, but do like a have a different, a different reading. So my family does a prayer on holidays for, for the food. And uh, we say, come Lord Jesus, be our guest. Let these gifts to us be blessed. And it's, it's very sweet. And and nice, and it, it just comes out of all of our mouths, and someone initiates it, and then we we pray it, and then we eat, um, and and I can guarantee you that not a single person in my family thinks about it as they're saying it. Mm-hmm. It is it, it is literally just hey, rolls will be in fifteen seconds. I'll say this, and then get it over with. I told Jesus that with the Lord's prayer. I said, God, this is not a good idea. You what I'm saying is, <laughs> in any of these pieces, the the, pro, the matter is heart. It's it's not the statement that you're making. It's not the fact that you're making it. It's the fact that you understand where I, you are. I don't, and I, say, don't think, I don't think anybody's saying that. I, I just I don't think that the the phrases uh, help. I really don't. Like I get your point of saying like it's good to have the reminder. And that's it, why I told Jesus the Lord's prayer is unnecessary. I said the the phrases aren't distinct. I, I here's what, I hear what you're saying. Wasn't I, that I, teaching Jesus, people to pray though? I, I, I think it is that is far more the, liturgical. In fact, the early church tr- taught that as far more, li- or uh, used it liturgically in a way that we refused. That like we were like, well, we don't want to get caught for the same thing that you're arguing. Um, we don't do that in modernity. Um, I, most uh, uh, historicity would tell us that the early church used that liturgically. They did say the same thing, and they did say it multiple times a day. That's why they went into the dark ages. That's what happened. Jesus said, "Do this." They did it, and it ruined everything. I, so I, I, I'm not I'm not disagreeing necessarily with what you're saying, but what I'm telling you is is that like um, I don't have Jesus didn't have a problem with repetition. Uh, again, they, they all said the same psalms at specific times. They were used for specific functions. Like I think we've got this bent that repetition causes boredom. Boy, that's a that's a problem. But that's not the problem. That's not a word problem. That's a hard problem. And so, do I care that whether I agree you with, yeah. do do I care whether you say the same thing over and over again? No, I don't. Would I use the same confession every week? No, I probably wouldn't. Um, because again, I think there's just a nature of reengaging someone's mind. But like, I also don't know um, it, if it, if it's if we're going through the motions, it's not the it's not the word's fault. I guess that's what. Oh, I'm that's saying. true. I mean, that's true. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, so again, I so I, I don't know. I, I wouldn't probably take up these confessions. But um, is this is this at the heart of anything that I do on a Sunday service? No, it isn't. Um, it probably shows up passingly in prayer. Uh, and so, anyway, it's just a thought. I think that's. I think in principle, it, I think we need to be reminded of things. I think. I think we often combine that with communion. That there's a yes. reminder for why we're doing this. Yep. Because, well, I'm a sinner in need of salvation. That makes sense to me. And yeah, yeah. No, that's true. Yeah. That's true. So, yeah, I, I would say, and in fact, that makes the most sense. We as a community are identified by our sin, but also by our rescue. These are, these are symbols which otherwise point us to that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I think it's valuable. Uh, all right. Maybe we'll just hit a couple more. Four, Wednesday evening prayer meetings. These ought to be informal by design. The goal is that it creates a comfortable space in which people can come into the church, share what's on their hearts, and receive prayer. I've seen this done well in several non-denominational churches that tend to do relationships and informal times of community really well. Wait. I'd be. I'm all in. Yeah, yeah, I dig it. Yeah. Have I you can't. Have you tried anything like this and it just but like just it didn't happen? It people doesn't. Didn't they just don't come. People don't get excited about prayer. Yep. <laughs> 
Good. I tried to initiate it for like two weeks, and then I sucked. Yeah, yeah, it's just how we are. I'm terrible at it. Cool story at the convention I heard this week. Part of this I've heard before, and part of it I hadn't. Uh, it's his, his guy was talking about historical revivals and, and their connection to prayer. And uh, told the old story, was it the 1800s? I can't remember. In uh, New York, where some dude downtown said, hey, we're going to do a prayer meeting at noon. And he put posters all over town and told everybody to come. And the, the, day, the day came. No one was there. So he started praying. Then he heard some steps while he was praying. Like six people came. Yep. Six business guys. The next, then they said, hey, afterwards, let's do this next week. Like, okay. Posters again. 20 guys came. Uh, it got to the point. It kept growing and growing and growing. It got to the point where they literally shut down downtown New York City on that day of the week each week for prayer because all the business people closed their stores and went and prayed. Well, that's fantastic. And during that time, this is the part I had not heard before. During that time, and, and, and it's, a, it's a, like historically documented, so it's not like some weird guy's story at a charismatic church saying, oh, right. hey. I mean, not, not that there's anything wrong with that. But um, <laughs> during this time, you know, this, this – Communication is not huge. You, don't, you know, they're not getting email alerts. They don't. They're not watching. You know, the the twenty four hour news cycle. The, but ships would come in full of sailors, and, and you know, they have a certain reputation about yep. them. And he, they, the, the recorded documents are there was almost like a cloud over New York, and they would come into the harbor, and as they passed into the harbor, every sailor on the trip dropped on the ship, dropped to their knees, and started weeping, and they wouldn't get up until a preacher would come and present the gospel to which they would respond <laughs> and it's like ship after ship after ship this was happening and uh, it, it, i just it's like why don't we pray right you, you know i mean and, and none of these revivals ever last very long they might right. be two years or six months you know they're all different but they're never very long because we're that way it's like there's so many stories of people powerfully 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 being changed because of prayer, yep. and we don't freaking pray. Yep, 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 absolutely. And maybe it's because we do boring prayer services, you know. Oh, yeah. We're praying for Aunt Myrtle's hammer toe. You know, <laughs> it's like, how about we pray for our nation? I'm initiating uh, in February at the Real Men Conference. Dean Troon's coming, and anyway, part of this stuff all kind of came together this last week. We're going to try to get 31 churches in the state of Iowa that will take one day a month and pray 24 hours. Wait, you know, and we don't care. They can be people in their own homes. They, don't, they can do a prayer room, whatever, just so that church can figure out how they want to do it. And we're going to call it, well, it's, it's a national thing. They're trying to get going. We're going to be Pray Iowa, I think we'll call it. And we just want 31 churches. So if you guys are part of it, um, we're going we're gonna to pick a day, and, and we'll figure it out every month. We'll have 24 hours of prayer. And that way, 20, there's a, like in Texas, there's some church that's been praying for like four years That's now. awesome. Or a, a, a city, a city has, because um, no one church can really, well, they don't. Right. Uh, but, <laughs> but they'll do once a month, 12 times a year. You can find 31 churches. Um, the 31 could be a small one that, that, you know, only has to do it a few times. Um, I'm, pretty, I'm pumped about that. I, I really want to. That's wanna, fantastic. Totally want to make that happen. Yep. Yep. If there's, uh, I, I read, read a book, uh, I want to say eight months ago, nine months ago, called Fresh Wind, Fresh Fire. Mm, yep. Uh, fantastic. From uh, Simbolta. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. 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 Great book. And, I, and like, it, it, I had that exact same reaction. I started reading through it. I'm like, Dang, yes. What's wrong with us? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 absolutely. Okay, we're in. We're in. Okay, so far, so far, I think we're good on some of these things. All right. Oh, speaking of a book. So I was at a bookstore. Uh, was it this week? No, it was last week. I was at a bookstore. And uh, I was looking to talk to the manager because uh, I was trying to set up like a book signing because my, my kid and I just released like a book, like yeah, a children's yeah, book. Yeah, yeah. And so I was talking about a book signing. 
And, like, I could not find this dude anywhere. They said he's in the back, and so they went to go get him. And, like, this person was gone for 15 minutes. And so uh, I'm waiting around the store trying to figure out what to do. And, like, somebody taps me on the shoulder, and I turned to look. And, like, there was this weird, like, trench. It wasn't really a trench coat, but he had kind of the vibe of a guy in a trench coat. And so he whispers something to me, and I, for the life of me, I couldn't tell what it was. Like, yes. <laughs> was <that my laughs> like, what's co- this is why I don't go to the bookstores. Creepy people in here. <laughs> And so I, I, I thought maybe it was just a mistake or maybe actually bumped up against me. So I'm just kind of looking around, waiting for this manager to come out. And I, I feel a tap, 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 tap again. And then <laughs> freaking me out, <laughs> freaking me out. So finally, the third time it happened, I turned to this guy and I said, hey, man, do you just keep bumping him into me or what's going on? And he looks me square in the eyes. He's, he's wearing like these, uh, they weren't sunglasses, but they're the glasses that tilt or oh. the tint yeah, yeah, in yeah, the dark or whatever. So uh-huh. they're like, so, so he, he takes them, pulls them down to his nose and looks me down and goes, the Pope is in town. And I said, what? Whoa. I said, there's no way. And I don't even know why you're talking to me about this. <laughs> and so uh, I said, I, I might as well know about it. I said, I do radio. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I can talk to this pope. Where is he? And he hands me a flyer. And this, on this leaflet, there's this rough sketch of like a popish hat and then an address on it. And I looked at the address, and I'll be doggone it if it wasn't Booba's address. Whoa. And I said, boy, sir, I, I think you've been misled. And so I, I go to Buva's place, and there are people like, and Buva lives in an apartment complex, and so this is weird. It looks like it's laundry day at the complex, and no one can get in. There's got to be 100 people out. And they're gathering around Buva's place, and they refuse to leave. And so ultimately, uh, Buva had to give them, to get them to go away, he had to kind of play the part of the pontiff and give some sort of advice uh, like a pope would that was also kind of relevant to his life. And then, Buva, what did you tell him? I told them that I'm going to fight you. And here's why. I get sucked into these stories every single friggin' time. Every time. We were even out of things to talk about, Booba. I'm ridiculous. I'm just like, oh, man. I'm super excited to hear what this guy said to to Ben. How's that book thing go? Hey, that happens sometimes, too. People whisper at me, and I go, oh, man, I didn't know. I should have known when you were confrontational with the guy that this was a lie. Because there is no way you'd go, hey, man, are you bumping into me for some reason? You would just be like, hey, man, am I on your way? All right. Yeah, so a bunch of people showed up at my place because they thought I was the Pope. Um, so I've been, so, so actually, this is kind of stemmed off of, of two circumstances. One is, is um, me kind of trying to battle addiction. And I've, I've probably had this advice five times over the last 10 years. And I, I've failed at it, and I've done well at it, and I've failed at it, I've done well at it. Uh, and another situation was was actually something Ben you said to me um, at like one thirty in the morning on the drive home one day, uh-huh. um, and it's kind of just been swelling inside of me, and it, I, I've been trying to turn it from like man I suck to some kind of righteous anger towards myself and towards my dispositions, um, but I suck at denying myself things. Mm-hmm. I'm terrible at like. When it comes to the concept of being a humble man and being a man that that's heart should be filled with Christ and and that's my fulfillment and like that's that's kind of it. it is like I'm excited I don't care what's going on in my life I'm not really worried about a lot of stuff as long as I can call myself a, a, a son of God and a son of Christ through 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 my relationship with him I should be happy but like I suck at that and and I need to get better at it and it's it's kind of manifested within the last couple of weeks um since the beginning of this month actually that um i've been a big guy my whole life and i i really suck at at food addiction i'm terrible at it and and um a lot of people will scoff at that statement and say you know food is not an addiction and and stuff like that and like it's just you know you you really probably need to read a little bit more to be honest with you if if that's your full opinion on it and that's all you got 
Um, but I, I'm terrible at that because it, it, it really takes a hold of my life. And it, and it really does. It's, it's almost embarrassing um, to the point where, like, I make really bad decisions and I make my food my idol and I run to that. And that's my emotional crutch. And, like, when things are going terrible, I need to eat. And when I'm depressed, I need to eat. When I'm bored, I need to eat. When I'm, when I'm anything, if I'm elated about something, I want to celebrate with some kind of food. And what that's kind of turned into in the last month has been this, this combined movement of getting past. So, so to, to frame this right, I started the whole 30 this month. Okay. And I've decidedly not really told a lot of people, uh, because in the past I've ran to social media with this and, uh, kind of lived on the, the, fame from that if you will like the 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 constant flow of of feedback because i'm doing something good yeah. like you go booba yeah exactly exactly right i i get i get the cheerleaders that get me going and i'm like yes absolutely this is why i'm doing this is so people look at me and go hey good job when in all actuality that means nothing but this time i really didn't want to run to that and i i kind of don't care if anybody tells me I'm doing a good job, I really don't care. I'm not doing it for you. I'm not doing it for you to think that I'm doing a good job. I'm not doing Even the sweethearts that say, oh, man, you're a role model. Cool. I'm not doing it because I want to be your role model or look good to you. I want to be alive in 10 years. And I want to honor God with my decisions because it's not just, a, oh, your body's a temple, which it absolutely is. More so, I'm not only not treating it as a temple, the temple's to the wrong God. That's my problem. Like, my temple is to the wrong deity. I've put a cheeseburger on my, on my stand, and it's ridiculous. That's super poignant, Booba. And so I, I hate that part of me. I absolutely hate it. And it, it's, it's manifested because I've tried so many times to start the Whole30 in the last year and a half. And I'm not going to go into the details of the program. It's just very restrictive when it comes to foods. You can't eat a lot of different types of foods. You can't have gluten. You can't have sugars of any uh, unnatural kind, really. Even natural sugars aren't okay if they're not basically just in main carbs and fruits and stuff. Whatever. The, the program specifications are not important. What is important, though, is that I'm having to deny myself any opportunity to run to food right now mm -hmm. because don't get me wrong i can cook a lot of delicious foods in the whole 30 but like i don't usually run to zucchini noodles when i'm having a bad day like i just don't they're delicious when you toss them in olive oil and a bunch of different spices but it's not really something i do i don't i don't run to kale soup it's just <laughs> not my thing i'm sorry it's delicious with pork shoulder but it's not what i do and so in the last couple of weeks i've had to practice daily denying myself that and i feel so ridiculous that this this is this profound movement in my life is going no buva you friggin schmuck you cannot in any way shape or form go to a gas station and buy anything except for the fruit that nobody buys or the water that's what you get and i've turned it into this this amazing experience that i've had in the last couple of weeks uh of Instead of just focusing on what I'm missing, I need to focus on what I'm fighting for. And like that's really turned into this run to to prayer and run to uh, just focusing on God that's been phenomenal. And like I still suck at this and I still fail and I still don't deny myself with pretty much anything else. Uh I'm broke all the time, but somehow I'd never deny myself things. I don't know what works. Maybe that's why I'm broke all the time. Um, but uh, it, it's just it's it's been phenomenal because of the fact that like I'm not allowing my existence to be fueled and filled with fake crap right now, and like I'm not allowing myself to be kept together emotionally by something that isn't my savior, and like 
there's been something just refreshing almost. And it's like being able to breathe for the first time in a long time. And I know that sounds dramatic, but it's truthful. And if you've ever had any kind of full-on addiction, like clinically diagnosed thing, you might understand that concept that it really is like a breath of fresh air of I'm no longer controlled by something that I don't want to be controlled by, if that makes sense. And I know that I'm saying this. I'm literally like day 18 today. And so I'm not, you know, 10 years into sobriety or anything like that. But like the first day was awful and I had to run to God about it. And it didn't get better day two. I had to run to God about it. It didn't get better. And it hasn't really. It's been a struggle. But like this is the most worthy struggle I've had in a long time. Uh, it's absolutely worth it. And and what it, what has happened is through denying myself this thing that's one of my biggest vices and one of my biggest sins, you know, fine, we want to talk about confession of sin, there you go, is idolatry for me. I don't run to God. I do not run to him. I run to food, and I run to things that I can control and I can make. Uh, my dinner is my golden calf, and it's ridiculous. And so eliminating that and running to Yahweh on this stuff has been phenomenally uh, impactful just in my in my daily dealings with with starting my day, asking God to fill it. There's a void, whether it's an emotional void that I've created or an emotional void that's been created by other things that have happened in my life, whatever. I don't want it filled with fake and crappy stuff. I want real and I want true things. And like, it all really kind of stemmed from, it wasn't even from my power. I had to pray right before I was doing this. I'm like, God, there's no way I'm doing this on my own. I, I, I cannot. I have to have you to even stop day one. Because day one, when I told myself I'm done, I'm not going to eat anything after that. At 11 o'clock that night, I ate everything that I had that wasn't on the Whole30 in my house. And I, it yeah. was. <laughs> I'd imagine that's the 100th time you've had the conversations going, okay, I'm done. Exactly. Yeah, right. Done. <laughs> 100%. I I do not have the willpower to say that I'm done. I cannot do it, um, and, and and I hate to say it like that because I, I secularly I make myself sound weak, and and there's 15 years of stuff that make me hate myself when I say that. But like, I'm totally okay with being weak if God is strong there. Like, and I suppose there's no if there. God is strong there, uh, and it's 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 been super crazy, really. I mean, it really has been like the clarity that I've found. On the other side of this, just in a couple weeks of focusing on this daily, um, and, and selfishly, I'm getting healthier. Like there's amazing opportunities that are happening. I want to be here for my kids. Like I want to be around. I lost my dad when I was 18 to stuff like this, and I hated that. And I'm terrified that I'm not going to make it to my kids being 18. Their kids are going. My kids are going to lose their parent at nine, at five. Who knows? And it just it, it's it's been something that's been fueling, but but. Yeah, so, on, so, so, like uh, to, to to round that up, though, like what's the what's the advice? Deny yourself things, <laughs> uh, and it sounds simple, but it's the truth. Take us, take some time, take some stock in your life. Sit back for a second and realize what kind of things and what kind of sins are stemming from you refusing to deny yourself things that give you pleasure. Because guess what? That is not what is important. Not what's right. Your pleasure is not what's promised in this world, and it's not what's supposed to be happening. It, it, it can definitely be an outcrying of certain things. I love getting pleasure from from the fact that like I love Jesus and I I can do that. But like, what kind of things are stemming from your needs of of uh, satisfaction and your needs of being sustained for your own 
personal crap that shouldn't even be fulfilled. Well, and I think that's that's the thing is that I, I unless you focus on it, I, I bet you don't realize how often you are in prime and direct service to you, right? And how many of your needs or desires that you are actually not denying yourself. Like I, I've, I had a very, and this is kind of why uh, you mentioned earlier where we were talking about yeah. this is because I had. Um, I was trying to, to do, I think, a fast, and there were some, just some other things, um, like real b- b- basic uh, things, like, hey, I'm trying to spend less money on this thing, and I'm trying to exercise, trying to do, like, a, I don't know, a host of other things. And, like, the things that were trying to stop me or that were standing in my way of doing some of the stuff that I wanted to do were all basically just whims, things that would pop into my mind and go, uh, hey, Ben, you should you could stop and get a donut. And I'd be yeah. like, yeah, you know what, I, I can. And I did. <laughs> right? And, like, and there just wasn't... Um, I didn't say no to a lot, and I, I, and I still don't, to be honest. Um, I'm thankful that a lot more things don't pop into my brain <laughs> because yeah. if I said, Ben, you know what? You could eat 10 hot dogs. I, I might do it because like, here's, it's, it's the thing that comes with uh, a, little bit of, a little bit of money and a little bit of free time uh, and freedom as a whole. It's the very risky humanity that says, will I take this moment to serve and indulge me? Uh, or will I take this moment to deny myself because I should? And 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 the real risk, regardless of what your proclivity is, um, that's ultimately what it rolls up to is like, are you willing to say no to something that is harmful to you or are you going to indulge in it? Uh, and, and I would say like this is where we run risks that other parts of the world don't necessarily is they don't have the time or the money or the freedom to indulge in some of the things that we have. And we right. have we have a deadly combination culturally that gives us like broad freedom to share the gospel and spread good news uh but it also brings with it the risk that we can just spend a lot of time ultimately over to your point serving the wrong god and it ultimately ends up being you and i was very humbled um when i spent time thinking about like looking back at like the week that i had had and i thought i just don't say no to me very often at all and that is scary and i and it's it's scary because i think to myself like the things that are popping in my mind are relatively benign. Um, but, like, it, it's, I, I don't know. It's, it's, this comes back to something we were talking about just before the show started. But, like, um, you don't it, – it, it puts in the right perspective what you are capable of, right? But, right. Like, but for the grace of God, what I'm capable of. And, like, again, good following of Jesus and uh, right study and right company and good community thankfully causes things not to pop into my mind, things I wouldn't even consider. Um, but, like, knowing what I give into – even in those kind of benign things, like, again, it's very humbling, and I think it's, it's worthy to recognize that, like, that's what we're subject to. And, frankly, that's the same thing that the people where you're like, oh, boy, I can't believe you did that thing. Like, they're doing the same thing you're doing. Mine's just a donut. <laughs> and, 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 again, good community, strong teaching, love of Jesus, Holy Spirit, it's donuts that are popping in my mind, um, which are a problem for me, but they're a different problem for Buva, and they're a different problem for somebody else. And so, anyway, I, I, I would agree with that, with that advice. Um, is just think in a given week and think back, how many times did I have something that could have served me and I said, you know what, no. I bet it's less often than you think. Yeah, agreed. All right, get off of Booba's. Well, it's not really a lawn. My back patio. It's like a walkway patio thing. Get off the communal area with yeah. the dogs. Bro. Yeah, yeah, okay. <laughs> All right, here we go. Let's do a couple of advices and we're going we're gonna to split the hilt here. Uh, Dear Life in the Path. My wife and I have been married 27 years. We love each other and raise two beautiful children together. When we started dating, we were both smokers. My wife quit 20 years ago, but I continued. Two years ago, my wife told me no more sex until I do. 
Abby, or live from the path. <laughs> this is why I'm not allowed to do it. I smoke only about 15 cigarettes a day. <laughs> what? Only? How many is in a pack? 20. 20? Oh. Packs of 20. Woo. So this is under a pack. I smoke only no, about Dan. 15. Holy cow. I just, I just didn't see that coming. <laughs> I smoke only about 15 cigarettes a day and never in the house or car. I know it's terrible for my health and I need to quit, but I enjoy it. It's <laughs> one per waking hour. See, <laughs> see Pope style advice. Uh, so it's been two years since we have had any intimate contact. Wow. You held out for two years now? I barely can get a kiss out of her because she says she can't stand the smell. Yeah. You I'm stink. only 50 and I enjoy having sex. Right on. I don't know how much more of this I can take. Is my wife right by putting her foot down like this? She has never been a big fan of sex. <laughs> but she always satisfied me. I think this is her way of avoiding sex. I know she's doing it because she loves me, but I have a hard time accepting it. I've tried numerous times to quit and have used medication, hypnosis, gum, etc. to no avail. Please help. All smoke, no sex in Michigan. Oh, man. Layers. Here's the thing. My immediate thought is, dude, just give up smoking. Yeah. You I don't know that I that I'm uh, that I'm supportive of the wife's position. However, yeah, uh, like that you can't is, force an addict to stop. Correct. There's a difference. Like if you, th th I'm sure that they've gone through rounds of him saying uh, her trying to be supportive, and she thought this yeah. was going to break the thing. But like, it's it's this is taking uh, um, what is a problem in your marriage and intentionally creating another one on site it and said, right. now I hope you can deal with this avalanche. <laughs> and so I get it. But, like, ultimatums are risky for this very reason. And, like, by, by doing this, you've tied two things. I mean, I, there are some natural consequences. Dude, I'm not going to kiss you. You stink. Uh -huh. uh, right. I mean, you, eating nachos is a similar problem. <laughs> like, you, this, this, your breath would be bad. As an ex-smoker, you smell much worse than you think you do. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Your so, breath stinks much worse than you think it does. Uh, so see, I have the same issue with who hot. Yes. That's like, what I'm saying. You are not welcome here. Oh. <laughs> Yeah, so, uh, Dan, what do you do? What are you thinking? Well, well, then I, I, I go ahead and I don't put garlic in my hoo-hot. But <laughs> that's a... <laughs> Good okay. to know that this okay, is a problem. So yeah. <laughs> oh, man. So, Dan, you, Dan you your solution is to, uh, like, you just solve the problem. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I think yeah. her intentions were good. She was thinking there's something he likes. Surely he likes sex more than smoking. So let me give him a choice so that he will... She's trying to help him, but I agree with yeah. you that it's, it's not a good idea. And it's not working because he has a, obviously a legit... He's addicted to the nicotine. Yep. Uh, he, he needs... He, he'll never stop until he wants to. So he just doesn't like you right now. So he's getting... He's feeding his addiction and not liking you, and he's frustrated. Do you, oh. do you know what, what makes him want to smoke more? The fact that he's not having sex. Because, well, and if he didn't have sex, stressful. he just want to smoke afterwards, right? <laughs> that's that's, that's that, what you yes, on TV. That's because this is a right? movie from the 1970s. I would say, being a non-smoker, uh, I, I don't know how that works. No, it, okay, well, that's, that's just a weird uh, uh, Yeah. So, so no, that's a, that's a good point, though, uh, Buva, is that, um, so here's the thing, if, if, like, if he wants to do it, um, it, especially after two years, like, at some point, this didn't work. Yeah. And, like, now... The, the relationship of which he might be saying, "Look, I'm willing to sacrifice, f uh, or, or do the go the extra mile, whatever, because this woman loves me." Uh, I mean, you, you've lost your leverage in that area. Like you can, right. you can fight for she loves me. I'm willing to try over and over again, 
for 20 years. What you can't do is get that back after you've thrown a two-year ultimatum his way and denied him sex. Yeah. That's, that's rough. Yeah. That that's, uh, Paul would say that's not a mutual agreement there. Uh, it's not the way to go about it. Right. I, I, here's the, and I sympathize woman with this lady. I, I totally do. I understand. It, he's, he stinks. Uh, it's for his health. You, you, you tried to, 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 to lay down the law to, to help, uh, but it didn't. It was, and frankly, I, it wasn't ever going to work. But what's, what's, it's the guy who wants the advice, right? Yeah. And what, is, what, what, is, what did he want from us? Is my wife right in this? No. Is, is she right? Uh, let's see. I got caught in the layers, and I forgot the question. Yeah, let's see. Is my wife... Yeah, no, it was right. Is my wife right by putting her foot down like yeah. this? No. Yes. Yeah, no, she's not. Kind of remember yeah. yeah. I know she's doing it because she loves me, but I have a hard time accepting it. Uh, that's fair. Yeah. Uh, now, but here's now on the other side of it, though, uh, just recognize that you, you've not given your wife a lot of choice here. Because uh, I'm guessing that there's a background to this that you've, you've not quit. Uh, and, like, again, I, I know it's an addiction, so just saying, hey, you should just stop... Uh, it doesn't change your life, but like, I mean, unless you're pulling out all the stops here, I don't think 15 a day does not sound like you've made progress. That's no. a lot of cigarettes. That's a lot. Who I was mean, right? That's one per hour. That's yeah, outrageous. I was going to say, like, I, I've been a two pack a day smoker. I've been a one pack a day smoker and I've been a quit cold turkey smoker. It all sucks. Uh, but yeah, no, absolutely. It, you've, you've given your wife a really crappy shake and she's given you a really crappy shake right now. And you guys need to come together as a married couple and, and actually communicate through this because both of you have needs and, and emotional wants that are not being met by one another. Uh, and you've got to figure that stuff out. That's kind of the point of being in a, in a marriage is, is understanding how that partnership works. Yeah. And you're both human individuals, which means you have every right to, to, to have preferences for things. Like if she doesn't want to kiss an ashtray, that's perfectly understandable. I mean, I feel like you can still have sex and not kiss him. I mean, I mean I'm just being honest. Well, uh, you're, there's you're ways right, to ben. get this you thing are, done. You are right about that, yes. <laughs> uh, and I'm not, I'm not advocating that she's correct. I'm just saying that there has to be some kind of uh, amicable conversation that happens between the two of you. Um, where you guys just d- express what you need. Talk. For God's sakes, talk. I- I'm thinking, I- put in any other addiction, mm-hmm. you know, it, th- does this work? Uh, well, let me see your food plan before I uh, embrace you. That's right. It, that seems, it, it, it seems very overbearing when you start talking about it and things like yeah. that. And, and, and flat out ridiculous if you were to say, hey, you're having like a cocaine problem. Yeah, but not because no sex till you drop the powder, right? Because yeah. it because it feels very ineffectual. Like this is a, you have a problem here. Like yeah. I'm threatening you with something that doesn't actually get to the root of whatever the it's because Absolutely. really what she's placed it as this is where this is manipulative is like if you would lo- if you loved me you would stop right. Mm-hmm. It has nothing to do with the ah. deficit of love. Now Dan does love uh, his wife and does not eat the hoo hot uh, garlic. <laughs> I'm I'm not saying that there's not a there is a nature of um, when you love something more than yourself. It is reflected in your actions. It's not a miracle to solve all addiction problems, um, but it, it is the energy that allows you to continue fighting. And if he's given up and she's used a manipulative bat on the other end, uh, you, there's, you're not gonna, this isn't going to turn out well, I think is the point. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, Secular says, forgive me if I lack, seem to lack empathy, but I don't think you're aware of how the odor of stale tobacco affects former smokers. It is gross. I do like the smell of smoke. I, I like do. the smell of some smoke. Cigarette smoke is not it. I, yeah. I, I like pipes. I do well. Yeah, pipe tobacco I has a different like scent. I, I smoke cigars still, yeah. and I love the smell of that. I smoke meat. I love the smell of that. <laughs> um, but like cigarette smoke will make me nauseous. Mm. Yeah. 
I, I grew up in, in two different houses with smokers. I like it. I've never smoked. My dad smoked, and I, I still don't like it. Though. You still don't like it? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, my girlfriend has never smoked a day in her life. She loves the smell of cigarette smoke. Yeah, huh. yeah. Me and your girlfriend are going to hang out outside of a, some sort of shady establishment taking in secondhand Sounds smoke. <laughs> Ooh, breathe that one. <laughs> Ooh, was that a menthol? We'll be back. Mm. Um, oh, that was a vape. Dang it. <laughs> yeah. get Somebody jeweled. Get away, loser. <laughs> Whatever, Chad. I, yeah, that's it. Hey, I called somebody a Chad earlier today. boy For some sort of behavior. You Chad. <laughs> Go punch a wall or something. Uh, uh, um, yeah, where's a, where's a guy huffing a lucky strike like you want? Um, okay, <laughs> because medication, let's see, the smoke clings to the smoker's skin, hair, and clothing, and it's the polar opposite of an aphrodisiac. Because medication, hypnosis, you've never been on the internet, gum, etc., have not helped you to kick the habit. What's left is the old-fashioned way, cold turkey. The American Cancer Society sponsors an event every year called the Great American Smokeout. This year, it is on Thursday, November 21st. Cha-ching! Secular and two bucks for the plug. The theory behind it is if you, someone can refrain from smoking for one day, he or she can build upon that for two days, a week, a month, etc. Many former smokers have quit this way, and if sex is as important to you as you say, I urge you to try it. Again... I'm not sure this is the most healthy way to talk about this. <laughs> if you tell your wife you accept her terms, your situation may improve dramatically. Well, of course it will. She won. Uh, it's here, this ridiculous gamble. Here's the thing. Now, to his point, though, he seemed to insinuate that maybe she just doesn't want to there get the hibbity-dibbity on. There is something underlying there. Yeah, Which is no a separate problem. Right, exactly. She doesn't want a dibbity with you. Yeah. Dibbity? It may be because you're a smoker, but it may be because uh, she finds you horrendous. For other reasons yet to be named. Hmm. Find Jesus. Find love with one another. <laughs> now, uh, no, I won't say it. Okay. B- very good. Yeah. Dear, dear life in the path. <laughs> the filter was a little late, but it, it still worked. Attaboy, Dan. <laughs> well done. Discernment. I've been working through major anxiety issues with the therapist for the last few months. Sometimes he is very helpful. Other times he goes off on tangents. <laughs> <laughs> Talking about topics I don't feel the need to discuss. Oh, man. And things that don't necessarily pertain to me. I find it frustrating. Maybe it's the Cosby Show. This is I, my client. I'm really sorry. I find it frustrating, and at times it makes me angry, although I keep that to myself. How can I keep my therapist on track? Or how can I break up with him without just ghosting him? <laughs> you can ghost your therapist. One. It's totally okay. It's, here's the thing. Stop using internet words. It's not ghosting. You fired him. Oh, absolutely. Yes. Agreed. Just fire your therapist. Yeah, if your therapist sucks, they went to school for this. They're supposed to be better. Yeah, I didn't If they're ghost, not right for you, don't go. Listen here. I didn't ghost the McDonald's because I decided to stop going. I just stopped going. Yeah, okay. Yeah, it's a little bit different because no, it's you're building Yes, it is. You're building a relationship with these people. You're literally opening up emotionally and you do build a bond. If you just it's all on it's only ghosting if you just stop showing up. Just say hey, That's look, what they're proposing. That's ridiculous. That's not that's not one of the options. Just say, "Hey, I'm going to someone else." Thanks. Well, and could it be that possibly the therapist knows more than they do? And that they're getting to the issue that they don't think it is, and because they have blind spots. Ah, that, that I will offer to you. Yes. <laughs> that seems very likely. Just a thought. I, I've gone into therapy sessions thinking, oh, man, I've got all this figured out already. And within 30 minutes, I was like, I know freaking nothing about myself. And they're talking about something. You're going, why are you talking about that? That's yeah. not me. And then two weeks later, it rounded back out to where he was like, I've been talking about this for three weeks now, and you haven't picked up on it. Is it making sense now? Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> Didn't realize that was all manifesting that way. They're like, yeah, that's because I went to school for this. I'm a, I'm a certified brain wrangler. I talk to you people all day long. Yeah, my yep. job is to lasso your thoughts and emotions. Let's do this. Well, and I suppose that goes to the, to a similar issue. It's like you find yourself not finding a therapist to your liking, and you've gone through two or three. It's you. Thank you. Yeah. Can I, can, real quick, couples that 
are talking about going through marriage counseling and then spend six years of an unhappy and horrible relationship because they just can't find a marriage counselor that understands me. Shut up. No. You're wrong. You can't find one that agrees with you. Yes, exactly. You want to be validated in your crap thinking, and the second someone professional looks at you and goes, you're wrong. You are so entitled to hear the word right and yes that you are crumbling and running away from legitimate help. You boob. Yeah. Sorry, thank you. Yeah, here's the deal. I, I, I'm not saying that there isn't uh, uh, an iffy one here and there, but yeah, like, it's it's not a hundred percent of your interactions with therapists, uh, marriage people, and even on. Uh, listen, you go to that stuff, and if you find again, you go to three different therapists, and you find that like nobody's kind of hitting your aim. It, it's you. You're not open to change or hearing <laughs> what other people are saying. I'm sorry. Just don't empathize with me. Uh, yes, they do. And here's and that's the thing is that like uh, this is where where um, marriage counseling is a is a coward's way uh, to try to get their way. Well, someone else will tell my wife that they're wrong, or someone right. else will tell my husband that they're wrong. Like that's no. If you don't walk, if you don't walk into a situation like like that, saying I'm going, I'm humbly willing to change, uh, then the therapist is not going to help you. Yeah, I saw a meme on Facebook the other day that made me kind of sad. It was. Uh, for $300 an hour, I will dress up and pretend to be a therapist and explain to your spouse uh, why they, you are correct about everything and they are completely wrong. And I chuckled for a second and they went, oh, this is crap. This is the way our society thinks. Yeah. I'm sure this has been shared like 800,000 times because people go, <laughs> I'm always right and my wife's an idiot. I'm like, what is wrong with you? You, uh, Okay. Yeah. All right. So what's secular have to say on this one? Uh, so wait, what was our advice then? Oh. Uh, how can so the question was how can I keep my therapist on track? We're saying not your call. Yeah, yeah. yeah. you're probably you not track. the authority in this and shouldn't be the one keeping them on track. <laughs> Dan, we'll keep you on track. <laughs> <laughs> Don't mess with Dan. <laughs> I, I won't say the G word because okay. Ben will get angry again. But okay. if you decide, you can fire them. That's if not you, the same thing as if, ghosting. I if, agree. If you got a weird one, if you got a weird one, they exist, yeah. and you absolutely feel like that they're not actually helping and. It's money you're paying, and so you have every right to just go, yes, hey, I-, I was paying you for something, and I don't feel like I'm getting it. And so I'm going to leave you and go somewhere else. It's okay. Yeah, agreed. Uh, Secular says, as a patient, you are in a vulnerable position. Many times a patient will feel hesitant to tell a therapist that a line of conversation seems uncomfortable or irrelevant. However, because it is uncomfortable, you should not let that stop you. Your therapist may explain to you why he is pursuing the issues. You can then accept or reject that explanation. If you continue to feel uncomfortable after that, you can disengage via a letter or a phone call. Ghosting is the coward's way out, and I don't recommend it. Okay. I've ghosted a therapist. Uva. I, I mean, you basically just don't make another appointment, right? Right, exactly. I mean, <laughs> When's our next appointment? We won't be having one. <laughs> but uh, here's the deal. I don't, I don't consider that uh, – that doesn't seem wrong to me because, yeah. because ultimately it's, it is still a working relationship. Yeah. You have every right not to schedule another appointment. Yeah, it might agreed. be a budget issue. It might – I mean, it, yeah. might, it could be anything. Right, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, I just I, – I, we misapply internet words and it bothers me because uh, it, it, here's the deal is it normalizes things like that. Like this is happening all the time and like that's not what's happening. It's a normal transaction. Final one. Dear Life from the Path, I have a disagreement with a friend about the difference between a conventional – oh boy – a conventional affair and an online affair. My friend insists the latter isn't an affair because it isn't physical. My opinion is when you connect with someone online, you develop an emotional attachment to your online friend. This attachment is no different than having a physical affair. It can damage or destroy a marriage when you sneak around and lie to your mate. Do you agree? Yes, I do. Yes, I do. 
I mean, yeah, but I mean, but it is different. But it will, it will probably end up leading to a physical affair. So yeah, don't do it. Yeah, an emotional affair is an attachment and a cheat, and absolutely, yeah, um, they're just dangerous. But is it actual physical? No, but I mean, I would, I could forgive my wife easier of an emotional affair than yep. I can a physical affair. Agreed. But both need forgiveness. Right. So. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so, okay. it's, it's not justified at the fact that it's a non-physical is, is what I would say. Uh, I agree there is a difference. Yes. But again, the, the justification can't be, well, we didn't have sex or we didn't yeah. ever touch each other. We never kissed. Because you will. Yeah. Well, even if you won't, even if it's someone that's, that's across the world or it's someone online that you'll never meet or whatever. Um, I think that there is there's a semblance of desire and a semblance of needs that you think you, you need met and aren't being met in the relationship that you're actually committed to being in that you're outsourcing for, and that's the problem. Yeah, so, so I teach um, in my church context uh, to a room full of uh, all ages, right? So it could be six months old up to 70. And so there are certain parts of the Bible that become interesting to teach through mm-hmm. uh, and that I don't skip. Um, and so one of the things is, as we taught through the Gospel of Mark, adultery came up a few different times. And generally speaking, um, like I'll use the word and I provide a definition, hopefully, that, again, we can bring some of the age groups along. And the, the way that I would have defined adultery for them, for the room, is to say, uh, just think of it as treating someone as your spouse who isn't your spouse. Mm-hmm. So, like, frankly, I think we recognize the biblical context as expressing something physical, but generally speaking... Uh, the problem is, is that you took something, a, um, a means of a relationship, a physical intimacy, an emotional intimacy, something that belongs between you and your spouse, and you treated someone else as if they were your spouse mm-hmm. and not the one who's yours. And so if I use, again, uh, Ben's definition on how I think of adultery, yes, this is a problem. It can damage or destroy your marriage. If you're choosing and you're treating them like you're there, your spouse, when they're, you're not, and you are already married, then yes, you have a problem. Um, does it fit uh, the biblical definition of adultery? I, no, I don't think so. Uh, I think that like that is primarily a physical thing, but like the implications are are, are the same. I, I agree that it still needs it's forgiveness. Still hurtful. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, and yeah. it's and it's a, generally to this. The question was, um, it can damage or destroy marriage when you sneak around and lie to your mate. That's the you are still lying, right? Like you're representing a relationship that isn't true. You're hiding it from your spouse, which is implicitly a, a falsehood. And so, yes, you still have a problem, regardless of whether you whether you would classify it as adultery or not. And so, yes, I think I think we agree that this falls in. If yeah. you go with the online as an all-out affair, then it's like uh, I would have to. I'm trying to think of like I've talked to people multiple times who have have a problem with porn. Yeah, does that mean they've had like 900 affairs, or does that mean they have a sin problem and self-control problem? Right. Uh, either way, it's hurtful. Yes. But I just, it's probably just how you label it. Um, mm-hmm. and, and maybe you could, you know, make a, an argument of, of, of lusting with, of, you know, and so forth. Yep. Y- you know, making that adultery. But uh, I, think that, I think that is the right way to think about it in implication. But you do approach the problem a little bit differently. Yeah. Right? right like yeah. one is a marriage counseling issue. Um, one, it could be. The porn stuff could be. Uh, most of the time it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a singular person's thing and they can work through it in slightly different ways and so but it does run the risk of having the same impact as those types of as an emotional affair or something like that um yeah okay um so yes let's see what uh say oh actually I, i was thinking though like this is the same line of um uh trying to trying to to 
to count hair, split hairs in this type of thing is where you get uh, again into the Bill Clinton problem. Like, hey man, does a blowjob count? Yeah, yeah, it counts. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're hiding from your spouse. There's some sort of connection that doesn't belong to you in your life. Like, so like whatever gray area you think, well, I can talk to people online. Up to I can do whatever it is that didn't cause me to. I, I don't know. Insert something somewhere. <laughs> like whatever that is that you think you found a, a, an edge for. No, no, that that's not the way it works. Uh, again, use Ben's broad definition of adultery. If you've treated someone as something that only belongs to your spouse and you're doing it with someone else, you've got a problem. Now, now, now see, you've just opened the door for me to say what I was going to say. Uh-oh. But the last uh, person <laughs> is Bill Clinton, Monica Lewinsky, and smoking devices can all combine for a sexual experience. Oh, that's right. Moses, fellas. Put them in the bag. Roll them <laughs> up. Traumatized in the last two and a half minutes of this radio show. <laughs> so that, I mean. That's what it is. It's where we're at. Yeah, it's where we're at. you got to deal with the culture, Booba. Where's your Pope style? Wasn't that like 20 us? years ago? Yeah. <laughs> what? Was it? Yes. 93? Right? 98. Almost 30 years ago then? Wow. Yeah. Well, I suppose it would be, yeah. Get with the culture nowadays, huh? They're still talking about it. It's what started this avalanche. Now, moveon.org, you know. <laughs> it's yeah. what started this avalanche? Yeah. Epstein didn't kill himself. I mean, that's oh, just... <laughs> sweet Moses, man. <laughs> All, All right. for the hashtags. Secular says, oh. at me, bro. <laughs> Segular says, I do agree. A relationship that involves sneaking around and lying to one's spouse is a betrayal, regardless of whether or not it's physical. Oh, good. Good. We found a buddy. Shoot. This is what happens. I, this is when Mike, Mike is handling this stuff. I'm not, uh, I'm, paying t- I'm more prepared for stuff. Hold on. I got to find my end music. No, we got to do the, what the, that's not it. We'll do Dolomite, we'll do Dolomite this week. There it is. Ah. I was just going to sing us out. You've been listening to Life from the Path. Thanks for hanging out with us. I really do appreciate it. Uh, hey, if you really do want to at me, you can do that on the Twitter. I don't really check it, to be honest. That's a Twitter's a cesspool. Uh, but it's at Life from the Path. <laughs> you can ch- do that. Uh, we're at, we are on Facebook. Hey, we have been hovering three or four likes under 500 for like five years. So, like, I mean, really? if, yeah, we've been at like 497 likes. We, we'll move up to 498. Someone else will get sick of us and move back down to 497. Uh, but it's been that way literally for like five or it's six ridiculous. years. So, you know, if we could pick up a few likes this week, I can buy them. I could, like, do a campaign and try to get likes. But, like, that's not worth it. So, if Hashtag you at me, bro. Invite a friend. Let's see if we can pick up a few likes across that 500 barrier. Give us a small victory, all right? That's on Facebook. Uh, looking for just search from Live from the Path, and we'll be out there. Uh, I think that's all we got. We'll get the show posted up, and uh, we'll see you next week. In the meantime, be faithful in the means. God will handle the ends. You've been listening to Live from the Path.